Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hi, everybody. Before we get into the podcast there, just to let you know, we are back in Cork's Opera House on August the 22nd to open the Cork Podcast Festival. Which is an absolute honour. And myself and James are thrilled to be a part of such a great night particularly when you have so many fantastic podcasts coming from Cork on the night and the week as well. Yeah, no, listen, it's great to be part of the podcast scene. And we have a great guest on the night too, a friend of ours, Brezzy, a mental health advocate who's got a great story. Among other things, he's uh, played Munster or uh, rugby with Leinster and he had a panic attack live on TV and he does his own show now around his own journey. So uh, it's going to be powerful. Yeah, he's just going to talk about his story growing up and when it all started for him in relation to his mental health and how he came through it and what he does today around it. You know, he does a lot of work within schools today and helps children to be able to cope much, much better with their own mental health and he creates programs and stuff like that and he does a lot of funding. So it should be a fantastic night. Yeah, we'll have a bit of entertainment, a bit of music and a bit of a crack as well. So I hope to see you there August the 22nd. Tickets available at Ticketmaster.ie or Cock Opera House box office. Thank you and enjoy the podcast. Thanks. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Two Norries podcast. I am your host James Leonard, joined as always by my good friend Timmy Long. Hi everyone. We're back up in Ballymun with Laura Dowling, the fabulous pharmacist. How are we keeping? I'm great. <laughs> <laughs> great to have you here. Thanks for... To meet us. I'm delighted to meet you. It's great. Yeah, I, um, it's nice around here as well. It's a nice area that you've. Um, yeah, this is a great venue as well. We did a podcast in the theatre just out in the other room uh, before. It's a beautiful venue, nice and intimate. If you're ever thinking about doing uh, a live, you have your own podcast. I do. Yeah, the Lord Dowling experience. The, the Lord Dowling experience. experience. I just went with Asher just and I just I just put my name on it. Yeah, <laughs> where yeah. where where did the the experience come from? Does that is there a meaning behind it? I suppose. Um, yeah, because I I'm I'm always interested in talking to people more than yourselves. Um, have interesting backstories or interesting jobs and careers. Um, I'm obviously I'm quite health focused, so I just thought it would be like. Their, my experience of them or I just let them on to talk about their lives and their, their work and seems to go well we hit number one there in the Apple podcasts well, oh, it's it's great, so, yeah yeah it's well, great uh, it's a nice little feeling when that happens yeah, yeah it is it is and it's it's great when uh, you know it, it, 
every so often you'd have a look just to see how you're doing you know when you see Jay Shetty and not shut up around him because you know like <laughs> yeah. he's the biggest health, health and wellness <laughs> yeah. in the world him or Huberman you know yeah. your man yeah yeah, yeah. Andrew yeah. Huberman if you're up around there you're like yes <laughs> yeah. no, even though we're a tiny little fraction of their audience yeah know? of course but you can imagine the numbers they're getting on their podcast you know if they're number one across the world you know, it's amazing yeah. isn't it yeah, yeah. It's great. podcasting is great though and it? it's just to be able to throw a mic on the table and have a chat with somebody and then mm. people access it do you know what it's actually like? You know the way in the A and you have an open meeting where people can anybody can go in and you don't have to be an addict or an alcoholic or whatever. You can go in and sit down and listen to someone's story. Mm-hmm. It's the exact same thing. It's yeah. open to everybody, you know. Absolutely. And I, I kinda like the long form as well. So you can go really deep into yeah. discussions and if people like them they can chat away and if if uh, oh sorry they can listen away and if it's too long for them they can turn off I find with mine like some people they'll listen to them over the course of a couple of days or a couple of walks they go on or something yeah so yeah. but take us back where are you from that's an already accent anyway. I know but I was born and bred in Dublin oh, my parents from the north so my dad is from Belfast and my mum was from Larne and they moved down here when they got married around 1978 and then I was born in 1980 so I grew up with them obviously they they, they still sound like they just stepped off the train from the north. Oh. But my uncle lived with us too because he was orphaned. That's my mum's brother. He was orphaned at the age of 12. Both our parents had died. So he lived with us for like my first 10 years of life too. So I had three people yeah. in the house that had really strong accents and as a result, I have one. But my brothers and my sister don't have it. They kind of sanitised theirs yeah. over the years. We were slagged that my dad was in the must have been in the IRA in school. <laughs> so my my brothers and sister decided that they'd, they'd you know develop a Dublin accent. Whereas I was like, oh, I don't care. I've always been like that. It's I don't cast, care. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That you have your Nordy accent. Yeah. We're actually born and raised yeah. in Dublin. Yeah. And uh, what what we have a school for you? We always Brighton school. Do you know what led you down the pharmacy route? So um, I I always liked achieving well in school. Like I was always kind of maybe competing with myself. Um, I was always a bit of a messer in school though. So I remember like when I got my leaving cert results, one of my teachers turned around and went, "What? <laughs> you got that?" So but I I so yeah so I I but I stu- I studied. How many points do you need to get into pharmacy? I think back. Then you needed about five hundred and fifty or something. I got, I got all, I got like five seventy back then. It was like, yeah, well, but I was always like that, a high achiever. But I failed miserably in first year then in college. So I went from studying really hard for the leaving cert and doing really well, and um, then I went into college and it was like a forty-hour lecture week. So it was nine to five, Monday to Friday for four years in, in Trinity and in the you know I went into first year thinking oh sure listen I'm so clever I got all A's in my leaving cert um, but I was so, so I didn't go to lectures I went I met my now husband then uh, boyfriend and I just hung out with him for the year um, and failed misery my poor parents thought I was I'd gone like totally off the rails which I, I suppose I had but I think I probably needed to yeah, yeah. but then I, I studied for the, the I studied for the repeats and I got them yeah I never failed another exam again so it scared me yeah. you're studying for pharmacy are you learning about compounds and chemistry like what's it like? yeah yeah so you're learning all about um uh, pharma- so the, there's three, four main subjects. It's pharmaceutical chemistry, pharmaceutics, which is the drug delivery, how drugs will be delivered into the body from, say, a tablet. You know, you've tablets, you've injections, so all yeah. of those kind of things. Um, 
how they're dispersed in the body. Then pharmaceutical chemistry is like the makeup, how drugs actually work in the body. So say your body is covered in receptors. So what how a, how a drug works is it attaches to the receptor and like changes the changes chemical formula that way. So that's all pharm chem. Then you have pharmacology, how drugs work in the body, and then you have pharmacognosy, which is the study of plants and herbs and um, how they have, I suppose, shaped the way we use medicines today. So I was always massively into that, hence how I kind of brought out my own products. So yeah, it's all that. So I, I loved health, but I didn't like blood and guts. So I don't well, how, how does, um, say for, for example, someone's suffering with their mental health, stress, anxiety, whatever, and their doctor says, here, we have a great tablet here, um, use this. And still it's called diazepam. <laughs> no, something more like an antidepressant that's yeah. working in the background. Yeah. How does, how does, what does that actually do to, to the, to the body and the, and the mind. So the the antidepressants that are used nowadays are the SSRIs, so the selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, or the SNRIs, which is selective serotonin and norepinephrine reuptake inhibitors. So, and what they do is basically they just stop the synapses in the brain reuptaking serotonin, which means there's more serotonin to work in the body. We in the brain, we know that serotonin is like the happy hormone, mm. and that's what those do. Um, so often, if someone's put on an antidepressant, just is to raise their serotonin levels. But mm. very much one size doesn't fit all, and I think there is a study being done in Trinity at the minute where they're trying to actually tailor antidepressant care for an individual rather than just slapping everyone on an SSRI. Mm. It's like deciding what will actually work in your body. But this will take years of work to actually get it right. It's, to, it's more targeted care for people rather than like, because antidepressants don't work for some people or they might work for some time and they're wear off and they can have side effects too. So, and then, you know, they can, and the side effects can be, people don't like them. Like yeah. people can have sexual dysfunction with the yeah. side, uh, side effects and that can be tough on people. Um, I would often get messages about that on my Instagram saying, I'm on an antidepressant and while I'm like, okay on it, I, you know, I, I can't have sex or I can't have orgasm or something like that. Yeah. How do I, um, is there anything that can be done? So short of coming off the antidepressant, it's difficult for people. It disconnects people as yeah, well. Yeah, it does. It's a little bit it? numb sometimes yeah. as well. Now, like antidepressants can work really well. I'm not saying that they're in any way bad. Like they can be absolutely mind life changing for people. But I suppose that's the important thing. Like with, with medicines, there always is side effects that, mm. you know, and some people may not experience the side effects, but you always have to kind of watch out for that. Um, recently, uh, Maybe Christmas I was diagnosed with ADHD and I recently had a second assessment and the doctor said that there was something else going on for me as well. Um, and he said it was in relation to stress and anxiety. You know, there was other stuff he said as well. But I just want to get into this. So, right, because it was a doctor, mm. a psychiatrist, I decided to take his, his advice in it. I was on the consortium medication as well. It was on a high dose, started off, and the lower dose went up to 108 milligrams. And I found myself really disconnected from myself, okay. Mm. Then I went on this and I was even more disconnected. And um, I went up seeing the doctor for the second consultation and I knew that, right, there's actually nothing wrong with me. You know, I, I lived my whole life with ADHD and distress and anxiety. And when I found, I, so I decided to come off the medication to consult the, the, the antidepressant that he gave me. I felt connected back into myself because I'm very, very connected to my emotions. Yeah. I'm very connected. I wasn't. Mm. And I had to do a lot of work on myself. You know, it, like there's such a massive variety. And I was told to stay on them for a month and they'd work in. I'd feel brand new. Yeah. I think they were called Ventivaloxone or something. Ventivaloxone. Ventivaloxone. 
And I think I started off when the lower dose and I was titrating up. Yeah. But I stopped just after, you know, because I, f- I felt I was starting to lose myself a little yeah. bit. Yeah. You know, and I just, I just came away from the whole lot of it. And I think the most important fact for me, learning from, from all of that, I sat down one day and I just, just had a conversation with myself. And I said, like, there's absolutely nothing wrong with me. Yeah. You know, but what I was trying to do was find a label to be able to justify where I was feeling instead of, I was starting to lose the little bit of acceptance that I had around how I was feeling. So I just kept, I just stopped. I just stopped. You feel better off. I feel 110% better. You know, I I thought everything was going to be great. I struggled with um, going back to education, doing a master's and I was struggling with the focus and everything else. And that's why I, I got the diagnosis and they put me on the consortium because I thought that that would help me to be more mm. focused. Did it help? It, 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 it helped a bit. Okay. Okay. But what happened was this, I was looking for more of a kick. Yeah. Or the consortium. So before I knew it, I was at a high dose of the medication. Yeah. By myself, because I titrated myself. Mm. But I also found myself drinking five, six, seven cans of fucking Monster as well on top of that. Yeah. And shots of coffee. You wired. I was completely off my fucking game. Completely. <laughs> I looked at a podcast, unconscious to me, because I didn't even know what was going on, unconscious to me. And I, I, I looked back in a podcast we'd done recently there, and I was looking at myself, and I think B was after doing it, or producer, and I looked at the video, and I, I could see the tension on my jaws. Okay. My yeah. jaws were tensioned, you know, I was like this, and I said, fuck it, hell. And um, I suppose, like, because I was so connected to feeling the way I was and being able to accept the emotional stuff in my body, and then going on this stuff and saying, you know, I knew straight away that this was not the right move for me. You know, yeah. I knew straight away. But what what is your what is your honest opinion of of maybe antidepressants and, and these forms of medications for people? What what what's the best way to? You know, some people need medication. Let's yeah, but is it hundred percent? So I think that we are we we live in a society where we're, we're quick to medicate. Okay, be it for pain, for depression, for you know any kind of symptoms. Medication is absolutely plays an absolute fun, fun, absolute fundamental role in in people's lives but I do think that there there may be that disconnect like what you're saying like you know even even in even in the case like we're saying there's the, an anti-obesity medicine out now as an injection and people can get it if they're if they have they're over a certain BMI and they have underlying health conditions and that's brilliant for them but then you have other people that want to go on those that anti-obesity medication because they just want to lose a few pounds mm-hmm. so so I think that it's difficult and I think that medication has done such great things for mental health in particular um, but then again people need to be tapped into themselves and their own emotion and go for the counselling and and know what suits them like you said you felt spaced out and yeah. not yourself and that's no way to, to go through life either um, but when it comes to say major depression where someone could have suicidal tendencies if they aren't on antidepressants then absolutely antidepressants are so very important Yeah, and it's, it's about constantly checking in like whenever I would give a, a first time antidepressant medication out uh, the person would always say to me oh I'm not going to be on these long or like how long how quickly can I get off them and I just try and say to them listen you need to actually see if they work first mm-hmm. you need to build up to when you are feeling yourself again and then when you are you need to stay on them for a certain length of time like be it six months so you're really feeling good and then when you're 
coming off them. You can't just like come off them like that. You really need to titrate down. So okay. there's a lot of medicine and management around it that people don't understand. It's not a case of just starting something and coming off it. You can do yourself damage in that way. You need to liaise with your pharmacist, liaise with your doctor. You know, and, and with me, it's like because of the ADHD, I get very anxious and stressed because I, I'm i 100 miles an hour when I'm at work. Um I don't give myself much time to get anywhere. I leave, like I should be somewhere for for three. I'm still in the front room eating my whatever. Still have to go up and have a shower. And in my head is telling you, yeah, I still get there on time. I'm not thinking about traffic. Much into your everything. day, like every single second. Uh, everything. Before, yeah, yeah. Absolutely every. And I get very anxious and stressed. And I said, "This is going to be a great way to help me with the anxiety and stress." Okay, so that's why the meds came in. Mm. Didn't work for me. Grand. I'm the kind of person I'll try it. Yeah. Always try it. If it works, great. It's just another step to help me to kind of get to know myself and to help me to move on. What do you think, like, what is one of the most natural ways to be able to help people with, with um, a little bit of stress and anxiety, just in, in, in relation to the same stuff that I am, you know, the impatience a little bit? Yeah, so I think that, um, like, the meditation and yoga and exercise is huge and sleep is sleep. huge. Like, people don't put enough emphasis on sleep in the Western world, I don't think. I think it's all like, let's go, 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 mm-hmm. and do as much as we can in the day. So sleep was huge. And then, you know, the reason why I actually developed my own brand was because people were coming into me all the time for years, for like 20 years, looking for something natural to help with stress and sleep. So I was always sending them around the cor- corner to the health food shop because we didn't sell the stuff in the yeah. pharmacies, like things like ashwagandha, L-theanine, camomile, those kinds of capsules. So I'd always send them around with a list as long as their arms. Then I was like, feck it, I'm going to make this myself. I was good at chemistry when I was when I was in college. I could do these myself. So that's how it developed. So there's lots of people out there that want something natural and, I, and, and also something that they can potentially take alongside their medications too. So I, that and that is actually, so it's interesting you're saying that. It's actually the reason why I started my brand was because of that people yeah. that just wanted something like what you're suggesting but you know it is funny how some people will, will react to medicines and some will very well and then some it just does not suit and I think ADHD is kind of like the topic du jour at the minute isn't it there's a lot of people out there that are undiagnosed lots of undiagnosed adults a lot yeah. of recently diagnosed adults but more importantly there's loads of kids out there that aren't being looked after because our mental health services are shocking in this country and what we see is, is with kids, particularly young kids with ADHD, if they're undiagnosed, they have that busy mind that you're talking about. And that busy mind can be calmed by alcohol, by cannabis, by drug misuse. Yeah, yeah. So they're self-medicating from like in their early teens, mm. late teens. And then if they're not minded and looked after properly, when they're young, diagnosed, put on medication if necessary or given the proper support or their families given the proper supports, that can be the trajectory for them. For them. And that's a real worry. Like you've, Boys, young boys or men, young men, ending up in prison, making silly decisions, impulsive decisions because of ADHD. And I'm impulsive as it is. Can you imagine being on one just after uh, just taking a load of drugs and alcohol? Can you imagine how impulsive I'd be? Yeah. Right. And I'll tell you how. (laughs) I've often just sat down on the couch inside in the house one minute, an hour later I'm in an airport going on to getting on a flight to go somewhere else. Okay. Or I'm halfway up the country or somewhere else. It's just... That is completely mad. If I get yeah. one thought into my head, there's no question in the thought. Yeah. It's just questioning whatever I'm going to do or yeah. where or how or whatever. It's just so mad. And I can understand that impulsiveness yeah. massively. And I, my wife, my wife, Nicole, she <laughs> turns around to me and she says, we're, we're, we're trying to save, but we're so much on it at the moment. We're trying to save a few quid. 
And she says, how are we ever supposed to spend anything, save anything with you? Yeah. She's like, everything, you just spend it. You just, yeah. you, you just go and spend it. And she's right. Yeah. She's right. I have that kind of, and, and my mentality around that then is, is if, if, if you have it, spend it. Yeah. And live once. I know. And enjoy yeah. it. Fair yeah. enough. And that's the thing with ADHD though. It's those impulsive decisions, but like making stupid decisions or, or dumb, uh, someone said it to me, it's making dumb decisions all the, constantly and even being, being reprimanded for it, but then continuously doing them. So you have a boy that makes a mistake once or twice and ends up like stealing something or ends up in jail or ends up doing something when he's on drugs. You know, that, that trajectory for his life is so very different from someone who, might be able to afford to go to a private psychi- psychiatrist and get their child diagnosed. So that's, I have a huge bugbear with that because I know there's so many kids that aren't being minded or looked after. So you have two kids from two different walks of life, one in inner city centre, Dublin, one out in the leafy suburbs, both the same intelligence, but they just can't access One of them can't access care. Yeah. Who do you think is going to go on and have the better life? Yeah. You know? I don't think the services are there. No, they're no, not. I, I haven't. Like, you wouldn't believe the process I had to go through. I I done my first assessment online with a doctor online, and and that didn't work out. Okay. Yeah. That cost me a thousand euros. I wasn't comfortable with with everything that worked out there, so I went down and I done it again. Cost me another thousand euros. I went away and I got an ADHD coach to help me to understand what was going on for me and and how how to manage medications and stuff like that. It ended up nearly. 3,000 euros, something that yeah. we didn't really have, but it was something that I needed to get done to be able to help me to understand things a little bit more. So what I kept coming across was in Cork, there was something like an 18-month 18, 18 waiting list to see a psycho- psychiatrist mm. for ADHD and, 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 and other stuff. In Dublin, there were there, I got in contact with one and um, let's just say after that, I just decided that you know, I'm probably better off the way I was. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. better off. So I stopped the yeah. whole process and I just left it. Yeah. I left it. Um, I think we need the right medical professionals in this country. Okay. People that understand their job, understand their work, to be able to diagnose people in the right way in this country. I don't think it's... There isn't enough. Like, I think there's a couple, I, I think there's a handful even, not even, of ADHD specialists in the country. And like you say, the, the waiting lists are huge. And meanwhile, those kids are getting older. So, you know, you can, if you catch someone at 13, 14, that's very different to catching someone at 17, 18 when they've already started to make those poor yeah. decisions and that. And, you know, you have less control over your child too as they get older. So, yeah, I think it's 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 terrible, mm. the situation that we are in with our mental health services. You spoke earlier on about uh, the body being full of receptors. Yeah. What happens to my body when I take... Uh, Alprazolam, Xanax, Aradazolam. Why does it make life? I'm talking about James now in addiction. Mm-hmm. You don't need that stuff today. Yeah. But back then, my whole life was consumed around finding doctors to give me prescriptions of finding pharmacies that would cash them. Mm. And it was always the Alprazolam, which is Xanax, mm-hmm. Diazepam, Valium, Rohypnol, DF-hormonase, Dihydrocodine. When I ingest, uh, I don't know the codeine is different to the benzo, but when I ingest a Valium or a Xanax, what is that doing to me? Like, what's the receptor? Like, how does it calm me down and kind of uh, kill the anxiety and the fear and stuff like that? Yeah, it but works that. on the brain to do that and to just calm the nervous system. But it and and like for what they what it's worth, those anzi cam and diazepam, like they were a very 
they were a very safe drug when they were first brought out in the 1950s I think it was they were considered to be the housewife's um, brand it's literally like you know a woman with whatever and many kids you know we didn't have women didn't have as many rights back then we had to you know yeah. wait for our husbands to come home or whatever like that um, and life was probably pretty tough for a lot, a lot of women and the Valium got them through the day with all the kids and all the housework and everything um, and it's a very safe drug they replaced barbiturates which were also equally as like would zone you out but they were dangerous whereas diazepam you need to take an awful lot of it yeah. um, even even if you do take an awful lot of it it's very hard to OD on diazepam it's, yeah. it's when people take it with alcohol and other drugs yeah, that they're the real issues yeah. yeah so it just it calms the body down considerably mm-hmm. but what it can do as well is it can make you less in touch with your emotions so say people might be prescribed Anzicam or diazepam if someone dies on you know for, for grief mm-hmm. but they feel afterwards then that they didn't properly grieve that person at that time and they may need to go through that process again. So while it can calm you down and, and numb you, it's numbing those emotions that, and you know yourself being in recovery, if you don't deal with those emotions, yeah, they will f- come up eventually, mm-hmm. yeah. you know. I don't need more yeah. as well to get the same effect. Yeah. Another thing that I've experienced, and I know other people similar experiences, there's no science behind this now, I think. But if I was on 90 D10s a month, right, that was my monthly prescription. And sometimes the pharmacy mightn't have any D10s and they might give you 180 D5s. Oh, yeah. But it's not the same. It, like, the both 10, like, two D5s is the same as one D10. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the 10 milligrams of the Azepam. Yeah. But when you take them, it doesn't have the same effect on you. Does it not? No, it doesn't. And when you're coming off a D10, like, when you're, if you take 10 D10s, right, or 20 yeah. D10s, and when you're you're coming around, it's not a great feeling. Yeah. But when you take twenty D fives and you're coming around, you get very suicidal. Okay. You get very suicidal. So you see, wh- wh- so when you say that to me, right? So technically, it doesn't make. It sense. should be the exact same, yeah, right? However, however, I do very much believe in it. The person's perception of what's happening to them. Like yeah, but it's also it can be very real to you, mm-hmm. you know, and. People that are on psychiatric medication in particular have very sensitive brains. Like I would always say, you know, someone that has depression or has bipolar or has psychiatric illness, they're very sensitive. So even we're swapping over generics to people, like I would have had patients over the years where you try to swap a generic in because it's a cheaper drug, yeah, etc. Like and they Clorox instead of Xanax. And they say, "Sorry, I'm not getting. This isn't the same. I'm actually this is. I'm my my symptoms are coming back. I'm slipping a bit." And you may have people that say, "Well." That can't be the case because it's the exact same thing. But I absolutely disagree. People can be very, very sensitive to whatever brand they're used to taking. Yeah. And there is a margin of error with, with generics as well. So there is like a one, two, three percent where it could be either side of the And they don't have coin. the same street value. <laughs> <laughs> if you're trying to sell a mine, I the generics don't sell the same as the Xanax. Do they not? That's and, gas, isn't and, it? Uh, yeah, it's true. But as well, people are very specific. Like if they're on, if they, if they're looking for that purple tablet that yeah. is up John ninety, and yeah. you give them a white tablet that says a G, yeah, it, it, like in their head it's not the same, even though it's the same. Yeah, alaprazolam. Yeah, but it can it can mess up their psyche around it. I tell you, I'm getting passionate the other way. I know. <laughs> I spent a lot of time. I'm impressed, <laughs> I'm, I'm impressed with all the with all the lingo, yeah. Yeah. the D10s, the D5s. Yeah, I know, I'm like you're speaking my language. <laughs> I, know, I know. But back in the day, anything. Uh, Upjans was like a generic term mm. then, you know, but Upjan Pharmaceutical Halcyon was another one. Interestingly enough, we used to take Halcyon, we used to call them charge sheets because uh, they wouldn't make you high, but they'd cause a blackout. 
And when you're drinking and you're taking them, a lot of crazy shit would happen and you wake up. I hadn't heard of Halcyon for years. Do you know the last I heard of it? Yeah. Did you watch the Jeffrey Dahmer episode thing on Netflix? No, I didn't. But well, go, it's very graphic. Okay. Though, but he's a serial killer in Milwaukee, okay. right? But he was uh, murdering homosexuals in Milwaukee. He was spiking them with a Halcyon <gasps> and they were blacking out and he was murdering them and stuff like that. But you know, like... How do pharmacists deal with drug-seeking behaviour, aggression, stuff like that? Have you ever had that experience? So I've worked in pharmacies all over Dublin, um, but my last number of years were spent in Stead Oregon and Dublin. So I didn't have many um, methadone patients yeah. in there, but I have had over the years, definitely. So how pharmacists deal with it. So, so drug-seeking activity is very tricky. So you have the drug seeking activity where people are looking for, say, coding over the counter and you know that they might have an issue with it. Uh, and then there's the other drug seeking activity where people are using forged scripts. Now, it isn't as common now because we do have that health mail system so things can come electronically, but there's still people that would photocopy scripts and stuff. And I probably would have been caught out on a number of occasions myself, maybe dispensing it once. But generally, a pharmacist can tell whether or not a, far, a, a script, certainly if it's handed in, whether or not it's 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 forged or not. Yeah, I've always dealt with it. So first of all, I have heard, like, I mean, I did have a, co- a friend of mine was refused to give someone a, a prescription once and uh, gave it back to him and says, I'm refusing to dispense this because I know it's a forgery. And then were this pharmacist then maybe a week later was walking in Dublin city centre and they got a punch in the face by the person that they'd, that they'd refused the, the drugs to. Mm-hmm. So I've always been like the first protection. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Is my colleagues and myself. So I, what I would normally say is, um, I just go out and I'd say, um, you know, I, I, I think that you may need to go back to the doctor with this prescription. So I'm saying it, but I'm not accusing it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then keeping I safe. keeping myself safe too, because it, that's really important, you know. Um, but I do always think that people that have drug issues, like they need to be shown a lot more compassion by mm. healthcare professionals and by. Joe Public in general. Do you know if I went away and I got a prescription that yeah. had Xanax and D10s and Rohypnol and all this stuff on it and I went into the chemist and you didn't give me that medication. Like that's that's a very volatile situation you're yeah. going to create there, do you know? It is. But have you ever come across a situation where like back in the day for me I used to go to a lot of quack doctors 
it was cash, you know, and a private prescription. Then there's no recording, really. Like, you don't need PPS numbers or yeah. medical card numbers. It's just a yeah. white slip of paper yeah. or to a chemist. Did you ever come across a situation where you knew the doctor was not of, you know, he wasn't adherent to, I suppose, the Hippocratic Oath? And, like, how do you yeah. deal with that morally and ethically? So I have had uh, two situations like that in my career. So, so normally, like, doctors are... And I, I would feel for doctors too if they've been looking after someone and they, you know, they're almost being, not even being bribed, but they could be threatened themselves. Yeah. So there was one situation more in more recent years where I actually phoned the doctor up and said, listen, like this guy, you know, you're like, you're, I'm seeing a lot of prescriptions coming through for these same things. Yeah. And this person is getting them in, in numerous chemists because I knew that he was getting them from the run around the corner and, and, and let it be known that way. There would certainly be, I suppose, pharmacies that would be concerned about certain maybe doctors that were over prescribing it and they may phone the surgery and see and have the chat with the with the with the, with the doctor there, themselves. Is, is there a hierarchy of authority there? Like would you feel comfortable to like would a doctor ever tell you fucking mind drawn business? Um, yeah, I'm sure they would, yeah. Look, I mean doctors do generally pharmacists have very good relationships with doctors though, because we, you know, we're two healthcare professionals, we're both different ends of the spectrum. But you know, there'll be often like say drug errors that we might pick up on a prescription that we just phone the doctor and say, Listen, is is it this or this? And they oh right, sorry, yeah, it's that. Thanks yeah. for phoning me. So there there's there's that. But yeah, like I could imagine if a doctor was being phoned up and so told you're prescribing too much diazepam to this person, they might take the hump or, you know, they may <laughs> they may not know. So it, it can be a delicate situation, but I think it's important the language that you use around it. You're yeah, never accusatory, yeah. Just asking questions. Yeah, you always say, you know, I've noticed that, yeah. but, you know, and you let them kind of hang themselves. <laughs> what was going through my head there when you were talking about the description stuff, um, particularly for the pharmacist, is, is, is so they might get away with the doctor was... Um, Oh, you're not missing a prescription book or by any chance. We have a lot of prescriptions <laughs> yeah. coming in here, like, yes. you know, That's something like that. Nice yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was very hard to forge because the Latin, some of the Latin, some of the numerals are kind of, they're not English. It's not like, you know, yeah. Latin, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's very special. Yeah. yeah. Some, there's some very good foragers out there. Oh, I would yeah. say, I take my hat off to them. They do them very well, but some of them, they just miss something, you know. It's just, yeah. it's so obvious to my eye what's right and what's wrong. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think it is more difficult for them because of health mail now but yeah look at uh, you know there there would also be doctors that you'd be considered worried about that they could be prescribing for themselves too so really? like doctors aren't immune they aren't they're not immune to, to, to uh, pharmacists aren't either we're not immune to addiction and sure we have it at our fingertips too so yeah. I think you have you know so I think one that it's one for the patient one <laughs> for me <laughs> 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 on the mic like that I know yeah <laughs> do you know um, so you went on to be a pharmacist mm. you worked in that industry for over 20 years yeah and um, so now, at the moment, you have your own brand yeah. of, of um, mushrooms. <laughs> there's no, there's no psilocybin in those, though. No, 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 no. So you've gone into the more natural kind mm. of area of mm. of he helping people to yeah. deal with different things. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So uh, as I said earlier, I uh, people are always coming into the pharmacy looking for something to help either with energy levels or with. Um, with immune support or with, with generally it was stress and anxiety and I couldn't, didn't have anything really to, to, to give them other than, I suppose there was rescue remedy, you know, in the pharmacy or whatever. So, so that's how it started. That's how I built, you know, started working on the products, doing the research and development and then so that, that's 10 years in the making, you know. Um, and so I came out with my immune product first and my relaxed product and then 
about six months later, I come out with my menopause and perimenopause product called Mano and Perry. So it's, you know, it's kind of nearly overtaken the other two. It's going so well. So it has lion's mane mushroom in it. So I've always been very interested in the natural side of things. So contemporary medicine is absolutely brilliant and has saved lives up. Absolutely. But there are also other things that people can do to complement their health. So not instead of, it's more like complementary. So I've always been really into traditional Chinese medicine, Ayurvedic medicine, which is Indian medicine. That's the use of foods for, to help. So like the the herbs that I have, the the botanical extracts that I have in my Oranor Relax, that's ashwagandha, L-theanine, chamomile, melissa. They've all been used for thousands of years in Ayurvedic medicine Mm -hmm. to calm the nervous system to uh, just to calm you so they don't actually they're non-sedating non-addictive they calm you down and they then they allow you to sleep or they calm you down and they you're 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 that le- bit less stressed same in traditional chinese medicine they're big into mushrooms over there so lion's mane mushroom like we've we're all hearing about it now um I put it into my menopause and perimenopause for the brain fog, for the concentration. Uh, it's, it's been used in some studies for dementia and Alzheimer's. So there's there's lots of potential there with mushrooms. So we just need to know how to harness that. And um, that's what I'm trying to do with with my products. But initially, when I when I first brought them out, I brought them out actually June last year. And uh, so Ornor was going really well. I was getting great reviews for it, but nothing, no reviews for shrooms. And I was like, oh, Jesus, Ireland isn't ready for shrooms yet. Mm, yeah. <laughs> but... It was about, took about three to five weeks for the reviews for them to start coming in and people were saying it's great for energy. They're not getting the coughs and colds and sniffles that they're used to. So that's how that's how it all kind of started. But Instagram shadow bans me occasionally when I'm mentioning shrooms. They think I'm uh, trying to sell drugs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's happening to stuff that probably have been used for thousands of years. Yeah. Blind by did a podcast there a few weeks ago, a few months ago. You know, he's big into Irish mythology and stuff like yeah. that. But there was this story of people going to this well when their mood was low and stuff like that, you know, to improve their well-being. And uh, they were drinking the water from this specific well. But, you know, a couple of thousand years later, there's a lot of lithium in the water in that well. I'm sure lithium is used. It's used to help with bipolar disorder. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, they were tapping into it. They didn't know what it was. I didn't know. Like, it's like... um, to hand the light, you know, you have to press the switch, you don't yeah. know the mechanics of it. I don't know if I press that switch, the light comes on. If I yeah. drink that water, I feel better. It's up to you then to figure out the mechanics of that yeah. and the specifics of that, you know. But it's great that they tap into that natural resources, you know. Yeah. We did a podcast with a psychiatrist, Dr. Bessel van der Kork. He came up in the last podcast we did as well. And he was um, a leading psychiatrist around the first trials of Prozac. And he was a pioneer of that. And then he got an awful turn against that whole industry yeah, because of the over prescribing of it but he was saying that in his uh, research and he have a great book The Body Keeps the Score where he details case studies of some of his clients that recovered from trauma using yoga music meditation sport you know, stuff yeah. like that yeah. stuff that's free and in the community reconnecting with people dance and all, all this stuff you know yeah. but like fitness and nutrition is a big part of your routine yeah. as well mm. so it's not like a tablet is not going to solve everything for you like as you said as part of yeah it's like, like I mean, there's no magic bullet and I think that we can't just you know be shoveling vitamins and minerals into us or supplements or uh, and not exercise and yeah. you know not eat healthily and and not get out into the fresh air and expect miracles we need to it, it's a full you know it's a 360 thing it's a real holistic has to be part of the, the whole body What's your opinion on uh, gastric bands and bypasses is kind of a recent phenomenon there people going to Turkey you know yeah. medical travel and stuff like that so I, I can understand why people do it because it's going to be cheaper than it is in Ireland they may not have to have the waiting lists either um, 
I think that obesity in general is is a very difficult illness to treat. It's it's multifaceted. It isn't just a case of people are lazy and shoveling stuff into their mouths. You know, it's one of those things. We are we're pre-programmed to put on weight. That's why it's difficult to lose weight. Yeah. So it's 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 a tricky one. Um but and if someone gets on a gastric band, like there's no going back from that. It's so but, but for some people, it really works well. well. You can't get that band out. Well, I think that it. I, don't, I, I think. Yeah, I can't imagine yeah. that. Uh, sorry, now I'm not. I, mm. I'm not on percent But I know that, like you know, when when they stomach staple or when they yeah. reduce the stomach, I don't think that they can reverse that. And I think that yeah. it's also a case of people will reach a certain level of weight loss and they won't go any further. So it's almost like they come to their body reaches an equilibrium. Yeah. So they might never be the size ten that they thought that they could have been. Yeah, I get you. You know that kind of way. So it, it is. It is multifaceted. And it's it's we're only now scratching the surface of the obesity issue and crisis that we have, and we need to be a lot more. I think we need to use better language around it and more inclusive language. There's a great book about obesity I read recently. Uh, Why we eat too much? Yeah, and he talks about the role of um, omega B and omega omega three and yeah. omega six. Yeah, and omega six being great as storing fat, and omega and omega three rich uh, diets being great at, at kind of uh, pe- people omega-3 rich diets like fresh meat and fish and stuff like that eating um, grass-fed stuff and non-natural yeah. uh, plants being rich in omega-3 having less obesity problems yeah. and people with rich omega-6 diets uh, having more obesity and he was to send you know, omega-6 rich foods you know them because they have a long shelf life and they're all fried like a lot of them are fried like your omega 6 is in a lot of fried foods and that too yeah but I think the food industry is like we have to almost do what we did to the food industry what we did to the tobacco industry like they are so yeah, they at <laughs> like they get away you know the, yeah. the advertising to kids and you know, obesity is creeping up in kids in Ireland too and I think there's huge statistics over in the States where there's like so many like I think it's something like one in three kids are overweight yeah it's even over more there yeah, was, and if you have a high. kid that's overweight it's difficult how it's difficult for them to get out of those poor eating habits mm. as they get older so yeah. we have to do something about the food industry and how it's allowed to advertise look, look if you walk into any shop anywhere in any part of the country when you get up to the till what's in front of your face every piece of chocolate or jelly or sweet that you could possibly imagine buy a slab of dairy milk for about two euros and you can't buy a pun out of strawberries for that absolutely not so they're making it's it's not easy it's particularly if you have two kids with you and you're at the counter and they want this they want that and you know it's, it's very difficult like when will we ever get to the day where you might see an apple or a banana? I know, conquer? I know. And, you know. and as I said, like it's more expensive to buy a punnet to buy uh, like it's more expensive to buy a punnet of strawberries than it is to buy a McDonald's Happy Meal sometimes. Yeah. yeah. So and if someone doesn't have money, a lot of money or a disposable income, mm. and they have to f- feed their child, what's going to feed the child? What's going to fill the child up with mm. for mo- most? And then we've, you've generations of families too that don't know how to cook. Mm. Yeah. So if if we're not teaching our younger children how to cook for themselves, then it's very difficult to kind of yeah. for them to grow into adults that will will learn too. So it's all about education as well. John, with regards men's health, what kind of uh, there's a lot of stuff marketed at men test nat- natural test boosters, ZMAs, and all these other compounds. Are they gimmicks? Are they legit? What ones do you think would be you know would you suggest for men to use and to avoid? So for men in general, yeah, uh, for muscle building and things like that, or uh, what is it? I don't know what those products you're talking about. Um, for um, 
not fertility, but for oh, fertility. Not, no, not fertility, okay. but for but testosterone. Is it? Testosterone. Like, yeah. When, when men get older, is it and, the, and the, the function? Is that what you're saying? Everything else. Yeah. So what he's saying really is, you know, as men, like you, your Joe Rogan's now when you're, oh, yeah. you're, you're Dana Whites and stuff. Yes. Libido. Oh, libido. Of course. You're very open. Erections. You say the word in front of me. Don't worry. Don't worry. Not even erection. It's erection is fine. It's the will or the the desire. So your libido. Yeah. As that decreases, but there's a lot of stuff marketed at men in terms of like different kind of compounds. I would be, so if it's marketed and it's, it's, look, there are ways that you can increase your libido naturally, you know, by, I've just said it, like sleeping, eating well, yeah. exercise, that's all part yeah. and parcel. But it's also your state of mind too. If you're happy, you're going to have a more sexual desire. If you're sad, you're not. Yeah. Um, and I think that, yeah, the Dana Whites and the, and the, the Joe Rogans who can afford testosterone therapy. So, yeah. you know, the way we talk about HRT, hormonal replacement yeah. therapy for females, like men's, Men do naturally go through some an andropause, say, where they're they're not making as much testosterone as they get older. And that's why people like Joe can, you know, inject himself with testosterone and feel great. But he is he is like doctors. He can afford doctors to take blood tests regularly. And there's people that would if they get it on the black market, they could really disrupt their their lives by doing it because you can get testosterone yeah. rage. It'll also shrink your testicles because it tells your your brain that your brain doesn't have to produce or tells your brain your brain yeah. tells your testicles it doesn't have to produce testosterone yeah. anymore because you're getting it and injected we'll into you. Balanced, like in terms of our endocrine system, hundred percent. Like we need, like you kick that out of sync there, and you could have consequences that you mightn't even have thought of. Do you know? Absolutely, yeah. So like, there's lots of stuff on social media, and that's why, you know, I always say to people like, follow whoever you want, but listen to very listen to very few. Mm. You know. Know, because the sometimes the messages can get mixed and people think that they can just go on testosterone and their lives will be totally miraculously changed. But, but you know you can go to your doctor now. A man can, or, or, or a woman can go into their doctor and get their tests done and get their testosterone checked. Yeah. And if they want to go on testosterone, testosterone patches, they can get these patches where you stick them on your arm and there's a slow release of testosterone into your body. But I think that you have to have like low testosterone yeah. baseline for that to happen. Yeah. I don't think doctors are just going to be throwing them no, out. And I, you're, you're, yeah. When you get your bloods back, it has to meet a certain level yeah. for them to be able to yeah. describe. But it, it is something that's coming in. Yeah. That's even here in Ireland. Yeah, moment. yeah. And, and I, I do see something like that coming in and being as important as say HRT might be for females too. But um, I think it will probably take, it'll be a few yeah, years yeah. yet. And, you know, whatever's happening in the States, we're always a little bit behind. Yeah. Explain HRT for females, then, like, what's the purpose of it? At what age should a woman consider it? Or what type of women's circumstance should consider it? Or? So, HRT is hormonal replacement therapy. And uh, uh, females, ha from the minute we're conceived, have estrogen receptors all over our body from our head to our toe. So, basically, once we get, as we get older, so as we're hit, getting into our 40s and, and beyond, uh, our estrogen levels are naturally declining. And that can have a huge impact on a female's life. So, we always think of menopausal women as these hot and sweaty and, you know, old looking. But actually, it's like women like me, I'm 43. So, you know, I'm definitely perimenopausal. And, you know, people say, oh, it's when your periods change and stuff. But actually, the psychological symptoms can happen a lot sooner. So, you can start having sleeping issues. You can be fatigued easily, panicked, anxiety, low mood, low libido is huge, vaginal issues such as vaginal dryness and that. And people don't talk about it. Um, so, and people think, as I said, of much older women, but actually it's in the 40s, even late 30s, that all these hormonal changes are happening internally. And women's fertility naturally declines post the age of 35 anyway. The reason being 
you know, the hormonal changes that are going on. So I, I always say to women, if your life is impacted in any way, you know, if your quality of life isn't what you want it to be, certainly go and talk to your doctor about it and go and talk to a female specialist, like mm. a like a, a woman's health specialist, because you may have an amazing doctor that's dealt with you your whole life, but they may just not know a lot about the menopause. And really, a lot of people are upskilling now because menopause is, is quite the topic at the minute. And people don't have to just suffer on. No, no, no. And I would say that I'd say that to anyone of any walk of life, like don't let things fester and get in on you. Uh, yeah. And it's easy no to say though. What's right, there's Jack. absolutely no no shame, and, and and talking to people about it too that can often be a help. I'm sure you guys have have had that in yeah, your lives, yeah. Of course, like listen, it, it takes a man to really open up, really, and I tell know. people how he's feeling and and what that does. Then it opens up the door for the next man to say, Do you know what, yeah, this is how I'm feeling too, are and this is happening to me. But while uh, while we were chatting there, I was looking at these. Oh yeah, you have uh, is are one of these for for um, women going? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the yellow ones, that's the menopause and perimenopause one. Yeah, it's called Meno and Peri. So it has the lion's mane mushroom in it for the, you know, the brain fog that women can sometimes get um, and concentration makes them feel a little bit more like themselves. Um, and it has chromiune for metabolism, vitamin D and K2 for our bones because our bone density decreases as we get older yeah. as well. And then it has your B12 for psychological function and your magnesium for tiredness fatigue. So it's got everything in one. So it's a good bit of support for women and like women message me going oh my god I, my libido has increased my husband's delighted like, <laughs> it's not actually increasing your libido what it's doing is making you feel a little bit more like yourself and if you're sleeping well and you're a little bit happier of course your libido is going to be up so. I've putting that into my you definitely won't be getting nothing be, <laughs> you, you can actually open the captions and sprinkle it in so she'll have no oh, idea yeah, give, her, give her a double dose <laughs> give her a double dose yeah. <laughs> what's life like for you today? What, how's, what's it like more making the transition from working in a pharmacy to running your own business? That's great. Being an influencer. I know, the influencer, I don't like that word. I know, I know. I <laughs> but know. yeah, I know, I know. I yeah. would be considered one, but... Better yeah. than the blogger, though. Uh, yeah, it is, yeah. No, no, I suppose look it's great like I mean I love I love what I do and I was building my Instagram kind of platform for years before it actually you know it took off during COVID but the reason why I went online in the first instance is because I've always had people ask me the same questions all the time as a pharmacist you know and my friends and family always sending me pictures of this rash or that rash but actually the light bulb moment was as I was breastfeeding my third boy there um, he was about I don't know what age he was maybe about like nearly one or something and I got a I got a picture in from a friend on my mobile phone and no warning this, it was her husband's testicles, right? And she goes, what's, with what's this on it, right? So she had taken a picture of her husband's testicles and she was underneath him when she took the picture, right? So, so she took the picture. He was standing above her with his legs open. So the picture of the testicles were like face on and he was looking down into the camera. So his face was like blurry in the background, right? <laughs> and oh, and uh, and I, uh, these are people that we went for dinner with. Like, I can't look that man in the eye anymore. That's a sight you can't unsee. <laughs> so I thought, Jesus, and it was only jock itch. She just needed a bit of antifungal cream. She probably thought I was going to eat him for, for an STI, like <laughs> playing away or something. Oh, yeah. But anyway, so it made me think, Jesus, you know, this is something, it's really simple to me. I know exactly what it is, but yeah. loads of people don't know what simple ways to treat simple ailments so that's why I decided to go online now, I didn't put the picture of his balls online yeah. that wasn't my first post but yeah. that's how it all started like when you're eating food you don't check your notifications <laughs> I, know, I don't <laughs> so, what, so tell us is, is there something that you think is maybe relevant for to speak about at the podcast here knows where 
Um, is there something that you have, maybe something that you wanted to talk about yourself? Um, I haven't. Um, I didn't really think about that, yeah. actually. I suppose um, I would like to get across to people. Like, So I go around the country giving talks to women, especially about their health and empowering their health and talking to them about their anatomy and stuff. And I bring a vulva puppet with me. Well, <laughs> I, I, I see your vulva got a lot of action last time. We've all got loads of action at Wellfest. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so I suppose what I like to get across to people, to men and women, because I love men. Like I have three sons and I have a husband and I have brothers and a lovely dad. But um, to everyone that if, if there's something wrong with you, don't just leave it. If you have a mole, go and get it checked out. You know, don't let something fester. And if your quality of life has been impacted in any way, even 10%, go and talk to someone about it. Mm. And people might say, oh, well, you've just said there's a huge waiting list in the, you know, for mental health services. And that's correct. But your GP can always be your first board to call if there's an issue or your pharmacist or, but certainly even just talking to family and friends is so very important. And then what I'd say to people as well is, so I obviously I was in the pharmacy profession for 20 years, doing Instagram on the side, doing a little bit of public speaking with, and with this supplement business in the back, in, on the back burner. But like I was really nervous leaving my job. I was in a steady, good income job and I had to jump ship last April to do it and I'm so glad that I did so what I'd say to someone is just you just need to go with your gut and do it and like you know there must have been a lot of fear in relation oh to that oh my god well. absolutely yeah I was and like it's funny as well because I'm in a business that's predominantly run by men and I have been in situations where I've been in, in rooms with people and I've been told I'm a great girl oh, you're a great girl <laughs> so what I'd say to women is as well you need to kind of you need to have tough skin as well you need to be able to stand up for yourself as well or I've been in situations where people so I might have brought my husband in with me and they'd talk to him you know that kind of way yeah. not me but I'm the business owner and kind of the face off it. So it is, it's a funny dynamic. Um, so you have to keep kind of trying to push that door open. And I suppose it's like anyone when they're a bit of an outsider or they're not the, your typical, you know, business person, yeah. you need to be constantly pushing for yourself. No more than I'm sure you've had to push for yourselves oh, yeah. over well, the years. A great message there, like, because I similarly, yeah. I took a the walk away from my job in January, you know, with my contract and all the bills and misses that came with it to pursue I suppose what I was passionate about yeah. and it's working out now yeah. but it's like you have to take a leap of faith and life is too short to take, make a go off if it doesn't work out there's plenty of work there I think I think as well I think and you'll never regret trying something out because I you know I, and this idea of worrying about what other people think I don't think we should be so worried about what other people think because people actually don't, they really don't care, care. They, they don't give they don't give they're more worried about what they think about themselves exactly yeah. so I think just go for it if you have an idea you just just do it yeah. Yeah. and and there's I, I always say as well there's room at the table for everyone and you don't need to elbow other people out of the way yeah. to make your space for yourself yeah. and I think that what really works well is collaborating and and chatting to people and networking and making friends and, and having those conversations because you'll always learn something from meeting people like this is the first time I've met you guys today yeah. and I said yeah I want to come into the prisons with you and do talks yeah. to you know so it's amazing what you can do when you actually you're open to people Absolutely. and you're open to meeting people and talking and yeah. there's definitely room for everyone mm. yeah. and uh, yeah that that would be my message go for it if yes. you, any go, yeah. you know and, and do mad stuff and this industry this industry is probably one of the best industries to, to be in at the moment because it's 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 helping people to maybe feel better about themselves, yeah. so their lives their lives can be improved in any way, and that's where we. That is that is exactly where we are at the moment in time. Is people are looking at their lives and they're looking at ways maybe 
they can feel better. Yeah. You know, and they understand, no, I don't have to feel like this all my life anymore. And they can and be in control saying, of exactly. their own destiny too. And that's not, I'm not saying that as a kind of a cliche thing, yeah. but you can absolutely make a decision today that's going to have knock on effects for your future. And it can be just something really small, like I'm actually going to get up and go for a walk today. Yeah. And I'm going to try and do that every day. Or, yeah. you know, I think that that's just so, like even myself, I find myself with the business, with growing this business over the last year, I haven't had a minute, like it's 24 seven. And, you know, you're always seeing ways that things could be done better. And I'm, you know, there's always emails to answer. But I was feeling pretty bad about being, about the fact that I was feeling like a pretty, pretty bad mother. <laughs> because yeah. I was like, I'm not getting time with my kids or I'm always batting them away. So I made a conscious effort to say every single day I'm going to walk my children to school walk one fella up to the train and walk the other two to school yeah. so I can have those little chats to them every day and it makes me feel good because it makes me feel I've spent time with them and I've heard their little worries or I've let them talk at me which is what they mostly yeah. do um, so and I be feel, a good listener I know oh yeah you do you need to be a really good listener don't you or what you need to do is nod and go hmm hmm at the right moment because yeah. sometimes you'll do it and they're like are you even listening to me at all mum and I'm like what? what and they're like well I just asked you for like a McDonald's after school yeah. and so yeah so so I did that and that makes me feel good about myself then so I suppose if, if there is a problem in your life try and find the simplest solution to it and just people out there they might say oh Jesus walking your kids to school like, that's not doing anything but they are so happy that's all they want they don't want me to take them bowling or to the cinema or this they just want me to spend time with them so that was my easy out and I felt really good about that so it was those little decisions that everyone can make in their lives to make themselves feel better too yeah, you know? if people want to contact you and say how you give you feedback or connect how can they do that oh yeah um, at Fabulous Pharmacist is my Instagram handle so um, I'm yeah, I'm working out of that at the minute, dressing up like Wonder Woman, doing all kinds of mad stuff. <laughs> if uh, I, you know, I'm actually, I was saying to someone, I'm actually living my best life at the minute because I always wanted to be an actress, but I knew I was never, I was never good enough to actually, you know, make a career out of it. So I'm actually now in my 40s, living out my best life on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> can, I ask, can I ask you something? You, you come across as a really happy person and very energetic you, your energy is very easy to be around okay um, have you always been like that yeah I think I've, I've I've been I've been lucky enough to have a really good mum and dad and you know my start in life was very privileged and I'll be the first to say that I had a solid family that I grew up in you know and with my brothers and sisters and I went to school and I studied hard so but and, and I'm lucky I was able to do that some kids aren't and I was in school with people that weren't able to do that. They didn't come from those kind of families either. So, um, but yeah, no, I am generally quite, yeah. quite happy. I have had some people say to me, Jesus, what passed you in the street there? And you're just smiling to yourself. But yeah, I... <laughs> Isn't I, it a great way to be? It is. Like, um, without... <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, you'll be getting me in trouble now. I'll be admitting all, admit, admitting all my things. But yeah, I suppose I've always been kind of a glass half full type of person. So, yeah. yeah. Well, it was a pleasure collaborating. Oh, great. Yeah, it was Thanks lovely chatting to you, lads. Thanks, yeah, oh, great. And we see everybody next week. God bless. Bye.